Hey designer, it's Leslie Myrick. I've been in the interior design industry since 2005 and have run Leslie Myrick Art and Design full-time since 2015. Before launching my design firm, I worked for and learned firsthand from two of North America's leading interior designers, Kimberly Selden of Kimberly Selden Design Group in Toronto and Betsy Burnham of Burnham Design in Los Angeles. I have invested well over $60,000 of my own hard-earned money in education, training, private coaching, seminars, trade shows, legal fees, and more. I've also invested about a million hours, probably, in real-life work experience, learning from podcasts and books, and making a ton of mistakes, figuring out how to run a business. But you know what? Mistakes are how you learn. And let's just say I've learned a lot. My degree is in interior design, not business, but I feel like I've earned an MBA in the school of real life. The Badass Biz Bundle is what I wish I had when I was starting out on my own. The business documents, the biz docs, I didn't know I needed, and a kick-ass mentor for biz talks to answer my questions with practical, tactical advice to help me quickly and confidently launch on my own. You can learn more about the Badass Biz Bundle at lesliemyrick.com slash coaching. I cannot wait to be part of your badass business journey. Now, on to the show. Hey, I'm Kate Bendewald. And I'm Leslie Myrick. We're interior designers who've been meeting every Friday for coffee to discuss the ins and outs, ups and downs of running our design businesses and decided to hit the record button. We are designers getting coffee with each other and now you. While some might choose to guard the hard-earned secrets of their design success, we've chosen to support, encourage, and empower one another to be the most kick-ass business owners possible. Welcome to the Designers Getting Coffee podcast, real talk about running your design business with head and heart. Come join the conversation. This is episode 47, Are Your Design Services Energizing or Draining You? Hey, Kate, how you doing? I'm fantastic. I am excited to talk about this subject so much. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I think we talked about at the beginning of this year saying no to more. Yeah. Like, like what's your word of the year? And I was like, no, my answer is no. No. <laughs> and so this is kind of a continuation of that Um a habit that I'm trying to build for myself, which is saying no to more. I am, uh, I say yes, habitually. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. I get excited. I want to do all the things all the time. Um, but I recognized the, how freeing it can feel to say no to things and to, kind of look at things that you've done for a while and decide, Hey, this is no longer serving me for where I am today. And I'm going to give myself permission to be done with it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, we, this, so Charles listeners, when we started planning this conversation, it was originally the topic was just kind of exploring what are all the different kinds of services that you can offer, which we've talked about before. Um, you know, full service, C design, all that, all that kind of stuff. But as we got to talking, you know, we started uncovering that there are some services that we love to do and other services that are really draining and they're soul sucking and we hate doing them. (laughs) And there's no amount of money that you can pay me to do certain things. So that is where we landed. And I'm, I'm pumped to talk about this. Yeah. I guess I'm with you. It's such an interesting topic because 
I I feel like I swing the pendulum so extreme in my business. Like I'll start only doing hourly and then only doing flat rate and then only doing this and then, you know, trying all these different things. But when we were talking about services that energize or drain us, I realized I have about six or seven package offerings. They're not all public. People wouldn't know that I have all these, but there's like three I really like doing Mm -hmm. and the rest... No. And they're kind of just in my back pocket in case, like in case the client's willing to pay a crazy amount of money or in case something isn't the right fit, but I still want to work with this person. But it's interesting to look at what I, what services I am offering and realize that yes, I definitely have favorites and there are three that I consistently enjoy and get great results from and have fun. And I feel energized and the other ones, I just feel like I've gotten my ass kicked all day long <laughs> it's, yeah. and, or I lose money yeah. or both. Yeah. I talk about this a lot when I'm blogging for Designers Oasis. I, I remind people that like, just because this is how I do something doesn't mean you have to do it the same way. You need to design a business that is in alignment with what fills you up and what gets you excited. And, um, you, you know, we, we talk a lot about well, something's draining. Like, is it the client? Like (laughs) ideal client, right? Um, we look at like, well, if that's not working for you, what, what can you do in your business? What can you add to your contract? You know, those kinds of things to make the work that we do more life-giving. Um, but I don't think we talk a lot about services and just being like, well, that's just not a good fit for my personality type, you know? So I want to hear in a minute from you specifically, what are those services that you mentioned that light you up or drain you? And and I'll share mine too, but I think it's worth kind of recapping to our listeners, some of the common types of services that we see most often with designers. Obviously there's more um, and just a quick mention that we've we've talked about these a little bit more in past episodes. A couple of them you might want to go back and listen to are episode 17, where we talked about what design services should you offer. Episode 19, we took a deep dive look at our e-design process. And episode 21, when is it time to hire help? Because maybe it's not the service, maybe it's that you don't have enough time to do it all. And that's why it feels draining. So we'll dive into that a little bit more, but I thought before we got started, maybe you want to go back and listen to those episodes as well. So the most obvious one, right, is full service. Full service is in home. It's custom. There's custom design. There's, uh, you do all of the purchasing for your client. You do all of the installations for your client and putting it all together. And that's the most common one that we see. Um, Often designers will have different names for these types of services. So I'm just using kind of generic names. Um, Design only is another common option where you put together design for a client, but um, they're going to be the ones that do all of their own purchasing and, and putting it all together. Um, Probably the next step from that I have listed here is e-design, which is more limited because you're not doing it in person with the client. So um, your client would take their own measurements. Your client would do all their own purchasing and generally put it together. Um, And so with that, it can be, sometimes you can be limited to how much customization you can do. You know, I personally, I'm not going to do, I love doing built-ins 
and, and millwork projects, I'm not going to do that for my e-design clients. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas with design only for me, that's in person, that's custom. They're going to do all of their own purchasing. I might even come back and put everything together for the client. I actually did this recently with a client back in Austin. Um, because that takes away the purchasing aspect of it, which I get you can make money off of it, but I, <laughs> and now we're getting into like what lights you up and what doesn't, but just the, the purchasing part doesn't bother me, but it's all of the tracking, even though I pay somebody else to do it. It's like when you get that email from your receiving company that something arrived damaged or broke, it's just, it's those sort of like project management aspects that I can't, <laughs> I just don't yeah. like to do. They kick um, my butt. Right. So e-design and the designer for a day is another pretty common one, um, which is where you'll spend just one day with your client. And you can offer a number of different types of services on that day, whether you're out shopping together or you're in the house, whether you're rearranging that, that kind of thing. Sometimes like for me, my client gets all of the notes from the day emailed to them and they get one more phone call after that, just to follow up and check in with them, see how they're doing. Um, so those are my services, but I, I know there's more Leslie. What, uh, what would you add to this list of, of common types of services? And before we do, I want to be real clear with everybody. The last, if you're inspired by one of these services and maybe you think it would light you up, um, and you would enjoy it. Great. The last thing I want anybody listening to this to feel like they have to do is that they need to go add a whole bunch of different types of services to their offerings. Maybe take one or two if you feel like you really could get fired up about it, but that is draining to have way too many services. It's confusing to your clients. So that's not our intent here. We're just doing an overview of common types of services. So go, go ahead, Leslie. What, what are some more? I think the only thing that I see as a common service that you missed on that list would just be a design consultation, like a 90 minute, two hour, you know, I know that the intent for most people is that a design consultation is the start of a project, but there are lots of clients who just have that as a standalone design session. So I do think you touched on the, the big ones. And so I guess that being said, I do, I offer, I guess I offer six different services and I really, I have all of those in my arsenal, but like I said earlier, there's three that I like and there's (laughs) three that I have just in case, but those three I find draining and not rewarding. They occasionally are the right fit, but I definitely don't lead with them. I don't list these publicly. They're not things that I'm trying (laughs) to sell. They're kind of the packages that I've seen a need for them in the past. So I've created something so that I have parameters and boundaries and pricing and I'm able to make that offering, but I don't want to do them if I don't have to. Yeah. Would you ever offer one of them if you felt like you were really jazzed about the client, like you were really excited to work with the client, but that's exactly what they're for. Okay. And, um, yeah, I think it's either if I really love the client or if I really love the client and I know that they're willing to pay a premium because I'll do these if I make a lot of money at them. Otherwise (laughs) they are just not worth it for me. Yeah. I know I had, um, I had a client in Austin. She is just delightful. I absolutely adore her. Um, she just needed like a few little areas in her home, 
done. You know, it wasn't comprehensive by any stretch of the imagination. She had a really great relationship with her interior designer for many years who sadly passed away. And it had been several years and there were just things she wanted to do to kind of finish. And that's definitely not typically what I enjoy doing. I, I want to transform an entire space and or house. (laughs) Um, but I just, I was just the, the, her magnetic personality. It was just drawn to her. I, I still consider her a friend today. She's just a lovely person, even though I've moved. So in that case, you know, we just did hourly. I had my minimum. We worked through it. We did the things and it, it was, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Um, also, and this was not my first reason for doing this, but you know, great neighborhood, well-connected, great place to, to start to establish a name for myself, uh, in that particular part of Austin. So, um, that was a factor too, if I'm being honest, uh, didn't know I'd be moving, but doesn't matter. I would have done it anyway. <laughs> so yeah, those could be reasons why you might do it a job that you wouldn't yeah. normally do, but I don't, recommend it. <laughs> I don't always recommend it because sometimes you can regret it, but you're the boss. You can decide, you know, when something feels like a right fit or when you'll make an exception. Yeah. And what you were saying earlier about, you know, there's some other rewards too. I don't mean that I only do these if I see dollar signs and I'm like, cha-ching, this sucker will pay anything I say. But (laughs) it kind of either has to be someone I know and love and want to sort of help them out and still run a business, or there is good money to be made. And I know it'll be a decent project if I'm compensated fairly, or if it's Honestly, if it's going to just be a lot of fun to work with that person and do the thing, but it doesn't fit one of my favorite models, sometimes one of these options is a great choice, not just for financial reasons, but energetically, I almost always find a few of these draining. The project's tend to end up kind of an unsatisfying finish. Like you don't get an end. It just kind of like they dangle and things never quite feel finished or (laughs) so that's been my struggle. Okay. So what are, what's your absolute most favorite type of design service to offer? Okay. My favorite favorite is design only, which I call a design master plan. So it's what you said earlier, Kate, where it's basically the same level of design service as a full service project. I'm on site, I meet with contractors, I measure, I do drawings, we do the selections. It's everything we would be doing for a full service soup to nuts project. But at the proposal presentation, I hand them a super sexy buttoned up design package with all the specs, drawings, samples, resources, tools, everything they need to pull it off. And then if they want help at the end of the project, maybe it's accessorizing, hanging art, that is either a day rate or just hourly. I love that one because I'm fast at design. It's the fun stuff. I can help people get over that decision fatigue and the struggle that they're having just figuring out where to even start. But then I don't have to spend 75 hours tracking down a Godforsaken sideboard that has a damaged door that came whatever and you you yes. know you guys have all yes. been there with some product that is just I literally have blacklisted companies on our spreadsheet of our tra- of our yep. trade sources because I'm just like I'm never working with them again. There's too many issues. 
Yeah. yeah. So that's my I'm very with, favorite. I'm they with tend you. to be their clients who value a designer and who are willing to invest. Like this is not a cheap service. It's not any cheaper because I'm not ordering. It's just you're not paying for the ordering. Well, but, and I find a lot of clients don't want to pay for that piece of it too. I mean, many, I have many, clients nowadays. That are, I have many clients that are willing to do it, but I know a lot of designers that they're not willing to miss out on that markup, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's a, that's a perfectly to, legit business model to make yeah. money on goods like that. That's important. And as long as I'm making enough money, I'll do it. But yeah. I have lost so much money over the years, charging a flat fee that wasn't enough or feeling bad about billing hourly for damages. And like, it just, it, honestly, I'm at the point now where I just do everything flat fee up front. And I'm like, here's the price for design only. Here's full service. Yes. It's about three times the price. I will happily procure everything. It's going to be three times the price. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I'm good. I'll, I'll do that. But yeah. yeah. So I really do love this, what I call a design master plan. It's my absolute favorite. A close second for me would be e-design, what I call a design kit. So again, it's the it's the stuff we love to do. It's the creativity, it's the selections, it's the mood boards, and then empowering the clients to do it themselves. Yes. Um, I think about, I, I would say to anyone listening, like think about your energy level and where it was, let, let me put this, let me give you an example. Um, the woman who works for me, when we get an email that says whatever arrived damaged, that is the kind of email that makes me fly through the ceiling. I'm just like, why, why now we have to deal with it. And we're going to build a client. The client's going to be like, why? (laughs) Yes. Where she doesn't respond that way at all. She's just like, no big deal. We're just going to have them replace it. It's just a few emails. I'm like, okay, then you do it, which she does. That's <laughs> so, how I feel too. But like I, there are some people who are just wired differently and they don't, they're not like, I think that's how my husband would respond. And I'm just like, it, it literally zaps me with my energy. So I don't love doing it. I, if you, if you feel like this is something that you want to do in your business, meaning all of the purchasing and the procurement piece, because let's be honest, there's really good money to be made there. Um, you know, if you're like me, then consider hiring somebody who um, can manage those kind of things with grace and ease, and they just have a personality c- cut out for it. So um, that is just, I'm kind of over it. I don't, yeah, I don't <laughs> care about making that extra money. I'd rather make the, more money doing design services with a new client. So that's how that's I just feel. Me. Yeah, just move on. Um, but I would say that I have to read clients because, um, I've done the design only work and you have to be careful because you're, you can, I can get a sense pretty quickly. Like, is this person going to be able to do this? Are they going to be able to do the purchasing and like keep it all together and see it through the end of completion, you know, without them getting into, you know, getting their panties in a lot for lack of a better phrase. Um, I had this happen with an e-design client years ago, you know, she didn't want to pay for full service. Um, so we did e-design and then like, and I told her up front, I was like, you're going to need to have, you know, order ready-made drapery, um, and have it hemmed to the proper length. We do this all the time, you know, unless you want to pay for all custom drapery, which I know she didn't. Um, <laughs> this is our solution because they just don't make drapery that hits at the right length off the shelf. So 
but then she got the drapery and she's like, now you want me to do what? (laughs) She was so paralyzed by the simple task of taking it to a tailor and having them hem it. And so she was not cut out for that implementation piece. It, it, you know, wasn't in her personality where I've had other clients who are like, yes, give me all the things I will do it. And I think it has to do with their personality, their time commitment, you know, how busy are they or do they have time to spare? Uh, So keep keep that in mind when you're, you know, if you decide you want to just cut out the purchasing and do design only, um, proceed with caution and and read your clients because somehow, even if you tell them all the stuff up front, what their responsibilities are going to be, like, we make it look easy, but, you know, it's nuanced. There's you know, what happens when something arrives to their house damaged, they're going to call you and you have to walk them through how to handle that, which, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and you can't always assume that they won't pay for it on the flip side to play for full service. I mean, because I've had clients that have surprised me that have sprung for full service because they don't have the bandwidth or the patience to do the ordering. And they're just like, okay, fine, whatever. Like I know I said, I only wanted to spend 10 grand on this project, but it's going to be 50 and yes, let's do it. That is a, <laughs> yeah. that is a rarer case. Yeah. But I find, and we've talked about this at length in other episodes about doing proposals, but presenting three options up front and being very clear as to what they can expect for each option. And then the ball's in their court to pick right. and you price them all so that they're where you want them to be. Right. And if they end up picking the the big kahuna, great. You make good money. It might be a bit draining, but at least you're well compensated for it. And it's not going to feel, you're not going to feel resentful working on it. Cause I have been there with full service projects where I'm like literally losing money. And every second I spend on it, I'm just like, I hate this so much. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a good talking point. It's like, if you hate doing something like still offer it, but just double your rate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's pretty that much where I'm good. at with procurement. You had me remember a client from a long time ago. Oh my gosh. She was something else, that woman. But anyway, she, <laughs> she, <laughs> didn't want to pay for full service, but she wanted us to install everything. And we gave her all of the specifications. We did like four rooms in her house. You know, everything's detailed out. Well, along the way, she found things that looked similar, but were cheaper. Oh gosh. And so we get there on the install day. And one of them is in her son's room. It was bunk beds and a, and a rug. I mean, we did the whole room, but these were the two specific things that she changed. Um, on her own without consulting us. And the, we went to install that day and she was complaining that the rug was shedding. Um, and it was, it was getting everywhere. It was, but we had specified this shag rug cause we wanted something very tactile and we had purposefully been very thoughtful about the material that we were picking, um, to be just to feel really soft and it was expensive. <laughs> and I looked at the tag on the back and I was like, she didn't wear that. She, she, found something that looked similar, but it was half the price. I was telling this to my design assistant. She's like, Oh my God. And so I asked the client, like, I was like, is this the rug we specified? And she straight up looked at me and was like, yes. I'm like, P.S. No, it wasn't. So it's shedding everywhere. It literally feels like plastic on your hands. It's oh. so gross. And, um, the bunk beds that, sh- that we had specified for her had about a six inch gap between the floor and the, um, rug because it had drawers in it and we wanted it to be able, we had a big, huge conversation. Do you want storage underneath the bottom bunk or do you want 
a pullout bed. She said storage. She changed her mind and got a different one. And it went all the way down to the floor. There's no space. So there's no clearance for the rug. So she couldn't open it. <laughs> oh like, my word. I thought of all of these things. We designed specifically so that everything would work together. You went rogue and decided to do all, you know, find the cheaper thing. Like, it's fine if you wanted to save money, but just run it by us. Just be like, Hey, I found this. It looks very similar. Like we're not, I don't have an ego out to here where you have to take, you know, (laughs) like she didn't, if she needed to change it, she could have, but she didn't have the conversation. She bought it on her own. I was like, lady, this is not my fault. And she was mad at me about it. I was like, well, be mad. So there's another example of like, if you are going to let your clients do their own purchasing because you're like us and you hate doing it, keep these things in mind, Mm -hmm. educate your client, say, look, if you see something or you get, I think too, when they're buying for themselves and they're getting out their own credit cards and they're paying for their own things, it can start to feel anxiety inducing. Like, Oh my God, I'm spending so much money doing it over and over and over again versus writing us one check and we do it and we don't have that emotional attachment to money. So they can start to find ways to like value shop, value engineer the project. Just have a conversation with them and say, look, you know, if this starts to happen, just don't make changes without running it by us because we might be able to add value to that decision-making. So I, I'm just thinking of all these different <laughs> experiences that I've so had. Then, okay. So then, okay. So obviously work, just, it needs to be, you need to communicate well with your clients about their responsibilities when doing their own purchasing. So there's a flip side to this design only model, but tell me, so Kate is design only still one of your favorites or is this on the, on the no, no list because of these issues? Like what, what are your favorites? It's still, I guess? No, it's still one of my favorites. Um, but I have to read the client. I have had to tell clients, you're not going like, this isn't a good fit for you. You're not going to, you need somebody to do this for you. Don't have time. Um, so reading the clients is super important. And if they do, you know, want to do their own purchasing, just making sure that they're aware of what are some of the important things to, to do when they're purchasing. So we have a little PDF actually that we send them that it's like, you know, buy these things first, the stuff that's going to take a long time, like custom upholstery, um, make sure that you check packages as soon as they arrive. So that if anything's damaged or incorrect, you have, it's not a surprise at the end. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's easy to track, make sure you keep all of your receipts and your emails and run any changes by us before you make them. If, you know, if something comes up or, you know, charge for those little extra, Hey, can you, what do you think of this? Or is that part of your fee for, I'm just curious. Cause I could see clients maybe not running things by you. Cause they're like, well, it looks exactly the same. And she's going to charge me 200 bucks an hour. So I'm just going to order this bunk bed. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's billable, but I mean, a 15 minute phone call is worth it. If you're stuck on something. I'm just thinking from the client perspective of like, if they're shopping to save money and they found some great deal on a bunk bed, would they, I mean, be inclined to come to you. Buy at your own risk. But, (laughs) you know, I think they just appreciate having the heads up on on what to expect, you know. And there's a little blurb on there like, okay, if something arrives damaged, you know, usually exchanges are pretty simple, but you're going to need to contact them. We can't do that for you if you do your own purchasing. So, you know, there's some people, they see that they're like, yeah, you know, why don't we just have you do this? So then I nice. hand it off to Melissa and she does it for me. But yeah, we, so far we've had, you know, 
for the most part, great clients that can do it and they're happy to do it. But, um, those are just some lessons learned along the way. Yeah. I do love designer for a day though. That's one. We That's funny. About. I hate it. So I want to hear your, your perspective <laughs> on it first. So this is the reason why we're doing this is having this conversation is I want you as a listener to think about what energizes you and what drains you. Um, I don't get me wrong, a designer for a day. So for me, that's six hours in home consultation include lunch. And, um, when we're done, they get an email with notes from the entire day. So any links I provided, any ideas, any recommendations, it all gets written out. That used to take me a long time, but now I set it up. It's in a spreadsheet and I, it's basically the same spreadsheet as my consultation worksheet. Mm -hmm. Um, I type as I go in the, in the designer for a day consultation. That way it doesn't take me four hours to write it up afterwards. Um, so it, sometimes it just takes a minute to say to the client, like, hang tight before we move on to the next thing. I want to capture this thought. So I don't forget. And I, instead of writing it, I type it. So, um, that was a game changer for me for designer for a day, because before that, and I was having to do all this follow-up work that didn't feel good, but, um, and then I do a one hour follow-up phone call that they can use within, I think I was set to like 30 days, something like that. So, I really enjoy these. Um, they are like by the end it's I'm tired, right? It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of being on thinking on your feet. Um, and it, and I've heard from other designers that do it. Like that is their block. They feel like they constantly have to have all the ideas right there on the spot. And what I've said to designers who have that feeling is, First, to set the expectation to the client that um, there is usually thinking time that happens when you're done. And when you go to put those notes together, um, that you'll often have more thoughts on it. So don't be afraid to tell them, like, you know, if you get to a really tricky design decision, let them know, like, you know, I really need to think about this one for a little bit. I'm going to let this one simmer. Let's come back to it later in the day. Or I might even need to just spend a minute thinking about it on my own and putting some stuff together for you in that follow-up email. So setting that expectation that, you know, not to expect you to just come in with this magic fairy wand of ideas, (laughs) Um, but the design takes time and, and ideas need to be fleshed out a little bit. So that's number one. Number two is set the expectation. Like throughout the day, we're going to throw a lot of ideas at the wall. Some of them are going to stick and some of them won't, but that is part of the creative process and tell the client, you know, if, if I throw out an idea that you don't love, I like, give me that feedback right away. If that's your gut reaction and it's very interactive designer for a day. And so, um, the other thing that I've said to designers who have felt stressed about designer for a day for that reason was the other expectation I set with clients is that for at least the first two to three hours, we're going to be walking through the house, talking, taking notes, ideating, brainstorming. But then usually about hour three or so for me, at least, um, I might take a minute, uh, you know, 25 minutes, 45 minutes, something like that to just sit down quietly with my computer, sketch some things out, brainstorm, get on Pinterest. They can go do something, feed the dog, put a load of laundry in, whatever, but that you're going to have a little mental break where you kind of stop talking 
you sit down, you think, you capture some thoughts. And then often in that quiet time, if there was something you were getting stuck on before, you might start to develop more ideas. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I love designer for a day. I've done several kitchens. I've done a really fun one was where we went in and she had a lot of holes as she calls them, the furniture pieces that they needed for their new home. They had like the big stuff, but not the little stuff. So we went in and we kind of came up with a game plan of what she needed. And then we went out shopping for the second half of the day. And that was, that was a lot of fun. So designer for a day is nice because it's like, you're in, you're out, you send an email and you're done and it's, it's good money. So for me, I charge, I think it's 1800 now for a designer for a day, um, which yeah. includes the email and the follow-up call. And lunch? Yes. You're and lunch. Yes. Yes. I, I, it's a really nice lunch. It's not junk. <laughs> I love that you talk about having a midday break and maybe that's something that's been missing from mine, but okay. So my two hour consultations are something I love to do. I am all at once energized. And then by the time it's over, like within 30 minutes, I have crashed. Like I can really only do one a day they just, it's so good, but it's so much. And maybe part of this is being more introverted and not getting my energy from people to be on, as you said, Kate, for so long, just, I don't know. I got nothing. I've done a few designer days and I, I don't know. They just, I feel like I do better with a little more quiet time to work on design and being on for two hours. I can pull off like, Yes, virtual or in-person, two-hour consultations are great. And I always leave them feeling like I have really over-delivered, which I feel good about. I have found at the end of a six-hour day, I'm like running on fumes and maybe not giving my... And I probably... Like, they probably wouldn't know this. You know, I'm not like passed out on their couch asking them for snacks or anything. (laughs) But I just feel like they're they're not life-giving to me. They, sure. And it's a whole day and then it's good. Because, them. Well, that's the, it. Yeah. And so it's good. It's, it's in my back pocket. If someone right. comes along and it is a great fit, sure. But I, it's not, it's not what I'm trying to sell. I went through a sure. time period leading with that on my website thinking, you know, I've had so many clients that do two hour consults that only do two. And that's not very lucrative. Maybe if we did a day with those people, they would pay more. And even if they were a one-off, it would be more money. But A, no one's going to buy a $2,000 package from a click and buy link on a website of someone they've just found. And B, I don't want to do them. Right. <laughs> they kick my butt. Yeah. No. I, that, and that's why we're having this conversation is if you're offering the service that you hate and it's draining, then don't do it. Just stop yeah. doing it and give yourself permission. And if somebody asks for it, tell them, I'm sorry. I just, it's so, it's so draining on me. It's, I like what, um, Brene Brown says, like she doesn't do book signings anymore. And she said, uh, you know, her PR person is like, you have to do these. And she's like, no, I don't (laughs) because when I do, it's so draining and I get back to my family and I have nothing left to give my family. Yeah. And I just appreciated that holding the line for her family um, and if you go and you do these projects or these day long designer for a day and you come home and you're not, you can't be there for your family because you just can't do it. Like, don't talk to me. Yeah. Don't touch me. <laughs> 
what kind of, you know, what, what kind of business is that for you to run? Granted, you're not doing these every day, but you know, just giving yourself permission to say no is, is I think what we're driving home here. What I find interesting too, is that we as designers are always looking for ways to set ourselves apart. And yet we all try to offer the same basic services. And like, I I'm guilty of it too, because like I said, I've got kind of the six big ones in my pocket and those are what I do. I don't have any super specific, like color consultation or holiday decorating. Lord have mercy. You couldn't pay me enough for that. <laughs> yeah. It, it will be a million dollars. Thank you. Good night. Um, well, so for me, like those are services that I provide, but if you want a color consultation, it's going to be a two hour consultation at my yes. two hour rate. If it's a day of accessorizing, uh, it's your designer day. That's the designer for a day. And that's our goal for that day. If, yeah. it's holiday, if it's holiday decorating, it could be full service. It could be designer for a day. It could be a two hour consultation. Yeah. But where I'm going with that is this sure. idea yeah. of you don't have to offer it all. It's okay. If someone comes yeah. to you and they want you for a day and you say, no, we don't do that. This, you know, this, I think would be a great fit. If not, I'd be happy to refer you somewhere else. Like it's okay. Be Brene guys, embrace her. She's the best. (laughs) You don't have to do things because other designers are doing it. You don't have to do full service at all. I know designers that, um, you know, have moved to a consultation only model. All they will do is designer days and consultations. That's it. They're not looking for full designs. They're not looking for installs or big projects. And so this really is something that, if you have done a number of projects and you can really start to tune into how you feel, what these mean to you, you can get rid of some of that crap. You don't have to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. And it's okay not to be doing what everyone else is doing. Like Kate and I were even saying before, she loved designer days. I hate them. I should probably just get rid of them completely, but I still have that like, but just in case it's there. And I guess that's good. But no, I really push for design master plan, design kits, and my two-hour jumpstart sessions. And and that's it. And the contrary is true. I know plenty of designers who they're not going to touch your house if you're not doing a whole house renovation. Bingo. <laughs> so, um, but I, I do like to mix it up. I have, you know, a little a little bit of all of these going on at any given time. And I I I think I would get bored if all I did was designer for a day or e-design. I would miss like doing the installs and the big reveals like that would be fun, but I don't want to do, you know, back to back to back full service all all year long. So that's just me. I remember, I don't know, it was May of last year. I was asked to come speak at this event here in Denver. Uh, I was living back in Texas. Right. And I was like, Ooh, I have an idea. What if I book a bunch of designer for days there so that I can extend my week and stay there for a week and, uh, Make a crap ton of money while you're there. For Make a, a bunch of money, days. see some friends. I had a, I had you know connections here, so I posted it on this group that I had, and I booked five back to back designer for days. That's amazing. I oh, it was great money. Um, but I literally got in the um, Uber out of to go to the airport after my very last, my fifth one, and I got in the car and I just started crying. <laughs> like, are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. Just take me to the airport. I want to go home. I was like, don't talk to me. (laughs) I was so tired of talking. So it can be draining. But if you do like designer for a day and just think about the money, if you're charging $2,000 per designer for a day, or even a thousand dollars, depending on where you are in your career. Um, if you did four of those a month, 
it's $4,000 or $8,000. Like it can be good money without absolutely without a a ton of time, without a ton of time. So, but if it's draining, find other ways to make that money. Kate, I know you do like a journaling exercise to kind of figure out what, what's a fit. And I'd love to hear sort of what questions you ask and how you do this. Because if, you know, I think some of us that have done these for a few years, maybe have a sense of it. But if this is something that's newer to you or you're dabbling with different things and ways of working, everything might just kind of feel like a blur. So what are some questions that, that you can kind of take, you know, a quiet minute, pen and paper and ask yourself to get some clarity as to what services are going to be great for you to offer and what services you should throw in the toilet? (laughs) Yeah. So if you have had a couple of projects and, um, or perhaps you're, you've had a lot of projects, but you're experiencing burnout, I think it's important to get to the heart of where's that burnout coming from. Sometimes it could be a, a bad client. You know, you're not attracting your right client. Um, sometimes it could be, you know, policies that you are missing, you know, that would make your business run more smoothly. But sometimes it can be that you're offering the wrong services that don't light you up and that aren't energizing and they're not a good fit. And so um, what it's very simple, but I just think getting some quiet time and thinking about, you're going to ask yourself a couple of questions. One is what lights you up? What aspects of the whole design process are your favorites? Do you enjoy the consultations? Do you enjoy the one-on-one? Do you enjoy going out and about and sourcing from showrooms? Do you enjoy working with your trades? Do you enjoy, um, you know, doing millwork drawings and like for me, give me a cup of coffee and SketchUp and I will design you some built-ins. It's like my favorite thing. I turn on some music. (laughs) Um, do you love, um, the, the installation days and getting ready for those? And then the big reveal, you know, um, do you not mind purchasing? Like you get excited about, Ooh, I'm making an extra couple hundred dollars on this, that, or the other. Um, so think about what aspects of, the design process do you love the most and think about what are your most favorite projects ever and who are your most favorite clients that you've ever worked with and kind of put those into a bucket. And then I want you to do the opposite and figure out what are the things in the design process that you hate? (laughs) You absolutely hate. Do you hate measuring spaces? Do you hate going on errands and going to the showrooms and like spending a bunch of hours doing that, running around town? Do you hate, um, does doing in-person presentations give you anxiety? You know, what, what are, what are some things about the process that you hate? Um, are there any particular personality styles that you, that really rub you the wrong way? Um, you know, that would be like not an ideal client that, um, are there, do you, hate doing kitchens and baths, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love kitchens and baths, but some people don't want to do that. Do you hate holiday decorating like Leslie? Yes, uh, I do. Grinch, Grinch. I like um, holidays. I just don't want to decorate <laughs> for them. I get it. So, um, yeah. And then I just want you to kind of sit back and look at your list and think about uh, what are the aspects of what lights you up and how can you do more of that? And what aspects do you really not like and how can you do less of it or outsource it? Um, if you hate 
doing measurements, you feel super like, I know for a lot of people, they feel very responsible that nothing can be wrong or off. Um, there are draftsmen who will come do your drawings for you. If you don't like doing drawings, you can hire someone to do those. You can there hire someone to do. There are new tech devices you can buy that will scan. Uh, don't do those. Don't. Really? No. No, they look so cool. I bet they do. No. <laughs> Garbage. Garbage. Get out your tape measure and your laser and All right. graph paper. Okay. Or hire Moving someone on. to do that. And hire someone to do it. Um, if you hate the procurement. You can, if your client doesn't want to do that, there are procurement services that will do it for you. Maybe you can hire someone that will do it for you um, or decide to not do them all together, right? Like designer for a day. You can't outsource designer for a day. <laughs> um, well, you technically you could if you had a team, but. I've also found um, a happy medium with procurement where big ticket or custom pieces, you know, sofas, major furnishing oh. pieces that I know I can make a good margin on and it's right. one or two orders. I will still offer to do that, but sure. uh, no thank you to ordering, you know, 10 $50 lamps and vases and all the little things that just, the, th- the things that aren't worth it. But, you know, give me a, a $12,000 Cravat sofa that I have a $6,000 margin on. I'll order that all day for you for six grand. Sure. I, I, so I've definitely done that for a designer for a day. You know, maybe if we're doing some furnishing pieces, mm-hmm. we'll source from a couple of trade sources. Um, pro tip, if you're de- doing a designer for a day and you've got a good relationship with an upholsterer, uh, manufacturer. So I love to work with Lee industries is one of my favorites. Um, I will let my rep know in advance because with Lee, you have to get your rep to, there's no like price sheet, you know, mm-hmm. you have to tell them I want this model sofa with this fabric and they will price it out. I will let them know in advance, Hey, I'm going to be doing designer for a day. I know usually it takes you a couple of days to get pricing back to me. Do you think I could sort of have you on call for this day to get some pricing information? Oh, that's smart. And, uh, usually they are very cooperative for that. Um, and I'm not sending like 20 emails a day to them. I'm, you know, getting all everything together and then sending it at once. And within a couple of hours, I should have it. So, um, yeah. So once you've sort of evaluated what it is that lights you up and you love and gives you energy and then the opposite, um, figuring out tactically, how can you do more or less, of, of these things. And then just flat out drawing a line and giving yourself permission to say no to the projects you don't love yeah. or the personality types, <laughs> whatever the case may be. Um, you know, or like in the case of my, my lovely friend in Austin saying, you know, I don't normally do these types of projects, but I like you and I want to work with you. <laughs> You're just such an energetic person. Um, you can also say yes, but yeah, that's just it. It's very simple. Yeah. I like that. So basically to summarize today in a nutshell, you get to pick what packages you offer because you're the boss. And if you don't like them, don't do them. And if you like them, specialize in those or limit yourself to those. I always, it's, it's so counterintuitive. And I know we all struggle with this as humans. You know, the idea as Nancy Ganzikoffer says, niche is rich and broad is broke. And it's true. Even sort of niching down with services, packages you offer can help expand your business because you're going to have more energy and more time and more passion for what you're doing. You're not going to be crying on your bed when 
a delay in a sofa has caused this whole ripple effect and you just want to drink and sleep for 12 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So true. Um, I think it's important to mention. So in a couple of weeks, we have an episode planned where we'll talk more about niche services and the different ways that you can niche down and get real specific, you know, kitchen and bath design, art curation. We'll go through a whole list of different ways that you can niche down and, um, perhaps just doing more specific types of products and projects in that area could really light you up. So maybe you will do full service, but only if it's for kids rooms or whatever the case yeah. may be. So, um, stay tuned for that. Cause that's coming up and it'll be a continuation of this conversation. This has been fun, Leslie. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear what's working for you and not, and just how, again, I I always love that there's a lot of things that are similar, but then we've each got our own spin on it. And I just, I hope that's encouraging for people to hear because I feel like there's so much pressure in this industry to sort of have these cookie cutter, everyone does this and it's all uniform. It's like, no, you can do whatever the hell you want (laughs) or not do what you want. You get to choose. It's great. Or getting shiny object syndrome where you, you, you know, you're spying on some designer's website and you see something that he or she's offering and you decide, Oh, I'm going to add that to my repertoire. And it's like, sure. If that sounds like something that would light you up, but don't do it just because it's one more way to make money. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, that, that I think pressure to do all the things feels real. So just say no kids just say no. (laughs) I love that. Well, let's wrap up with our cool thing. What's one cool thing that's rocking your world this week, Kate? I always go first. You go first. Okay. (laughs) I, mine, I think mine often are going to be books. One of my goals for 2020 is to read 50 books this year. And as of recording, which is quite a ways before this goes live, I'm at 32. More than four books a year. That's more than what? I mean, that's more than four books a month. It's a book of 50 books. Yeah. It's a book a week minus two weeks for vacations, which I'm already at 32 books as of today. I'm sure by the time this episode is out, I'll be closer to 40. Cause I am. Do you ever do audiobooks or do you only read them? Audiobooks so would, t- audiobooks would totally count, but I have these, this has been books, physical books physical just because. Books. Yeah. You're the cutest little nerd. I just. Thank you. Well, I, love it. I, I just love... can't sit and read a book. I'm like, no, I'm going to clean the house and listen to a book. <laughs> well, that's, and that's, I listen to a ton of podcasts that way too, yeah, yeah, yeah. but one book I just Sorry, what's finished. Book? <laughs> it's okay. One book I just finished, ironically, is called Finish by John Acuff. I haven't read too much of his other stuff. I know he's got a whole book about starting things and then he kind of got feedback. It's interesting. He shares this in the book. He got feedback on the book tour of like, okay, I have no problem starting things, but I have a hard time seeing them through to completion and wrapping things up well. And so this whole book is about how to goal set and how to kind of hack your brain and hack your goals so that you actually finish things and see things through to completion. And it was just one of those, like with everything happening this year with you, I mean, we don't have to say it. Everyone knows all the craziness happening in the world and how it's impacted businesses and lives and it's uprooted everything. Our goals that we set in December or January, some might have totally shifted. Some might be totally off the table. I mean, things just look different. And so it was really empowering to read this and kind of have permission to slash a bunch of my goals and have a better chance of actually finishing versus feeling like there's no way in hell I'm going to meet that goal I set eight months ago, six months ago, that is just not feasible anymore. 
And what, what I really loved about this book, well, A, was the permission to just kind of slash your goals and be like, I'm going to try to aim for half that and be fine with it. And then if I go more than half, if I get a little more, I'm happy instead of feeling disappointed I didn't reach the first goal. But he had a part in the book where he was talking about doing all of this with young kids. And I almost started to cry. I was just like, oh my God, this guy gets me so much. Because right now, like, you know, you're overwhelmed and we're all smart, high achievers and we're trying to do great things. And there's so much pressure. And if you guys are struggling with goals this year or seeing things through to completion, it is an awesome book. It's not like a heavy read. I just thought it was great. Finish by John Acuff. To me, it sounds like someone else giving me permission to say no. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm, pretty much. It's another no. <laughs> What's your cool thing? Just say no, kids. <laughs> uh, um, this doesn't have anything to do with design, but it does have to do with being a parent with kids home um, more than they should be. <laughs> I love my children if you're listening to this. Um, it's called Out School. I don't know if anybody's heard of it. Um, it's outschool.com and it is a marketplace of live online classes for K through 12 learners. Oh, wow. um, so I was just randomly looking for, um, yoga in the park for, for family yoga. And this popped up. Um, and so this week, yesterday was our first time and we did two classes. Um, but you pay per class and they have all sorts of topics. They have art, science, language, Spanish, yoga. So we're doing yoga with stuffies on Monday morning. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so cute. Um, so yeah, the, 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 uh, classes are organized by the age range and then the different topics. But, um, you know, the prices are anywhere from like seven to $12, maybe more if they have like a multi week one, can't talk, but, um, yeah, yesterday was a dolphin class and the teacher knows the kids' names cause it shows up. They all meet through zoom. Oh my so gosh. we did it on the iPad and then we mirrored the iPad to the big TV. And so, um, and the teacher was in, um, Los Angeles. Um, there were students in there from New York and from Houston and from all over the country and they could all see each other and the teachers know the kids' names and call on them and engage them and ask them questions. And so this, the first one was this dolphin class. And, uh, yeah, she did a little like three minute video teaching them all about dolphins. And then she taught them how to draw a dolphin. And while they were drawing, she was asking them questions about what they learned about dolphins and they loved it. As soon as they were done, they're like, we want to do another one. That's so <laughs> sweet. I got 30 minutes of unadulterated time to myself. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they weren't like vegging. Sure. They were on screens, but they weren't like vegging out on some garbage TV. Um, so yeah, then we did another one, little hungry caterpillar, but yeah, all sorts of classes. They're affordable, certainly could add up if you did a bunch every day, but whatever, you know, I think it's good. So out school. Oh, the best part. And I tagged you on Facebook doing this is like, let's say you have friends or family that live in another city. You could coordinate with them and you could have the kids friends join. So we obviously could all be friends back in Texas. Yeah. Her friend could join her from Texas and they could take the same class together. So I love that. Yeah. Go check it out. It's called out school. Sweet. Yeah. Is that all? Are we done? Yeah. I'm done. Done ski. This is draining me now. I need to stop podcasting today. (laughs) I'm going to go take a nap (laughs) today. (laughs) Not forever. I'm just like, Oh yeah. Talking in general can be hard. 
All right. Well, we love you guys. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Go get the free things on our website and we'll see you next Friday. Bye. Bye. Hey, designer. Thanks for sharing part of your day with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to connect with badass design bosses like you. We love to hear your feedback and are so grateful that you're sharing the show with your designer friends. For more Designers Getting Coffee and to join the conversation, head over to designersgettingcoffee.com for show notes, free downloads, and more. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at designersgettingcoffee. 